Good morning and welcome to your favorite Friday morning podcast, Conversations with Buddy, brought to you by The Wreck, way more than a bowling alley. We give you the ability to connect each week with our guests because we believe people matter, you matter. We are grateful to all the listeners who take the time each week to hear the stories of our guests. Please help us grow the show by taking a moment right now and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Our purpose of this podcast is to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, we have a guest, and his name is Brian Lewis. And you're not just a guest, Brian. You're you're an actual friend. We've been knowing each other for a long time. So, welcome. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you being here. I know you've got a shift uh, just a few hours ago, so Brian's a firefighter, so... What is it? Is it a 24-hour shift or is it a 48-hour shift? It is. It, it varies for different agencies. Uh, the agency I work for, it's a 24-hour on, 48 hours off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you're off until what, Sunday night? Well, until tomorrow, actually, because um, I worked a 48-hour shift in a row. Um, so, yeah. Okay. If you have to, if you get mandatory and held over or something like that, then it just cuts into your time off. Just keep working. Yep. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, Brian, hey, I'm going to do a quick introduction to you about you real quick, and and then we'll dive into some questions. Okay. So here's a few things that you wrote. Uh, you're a husband to a wonderful wife of 21 years. What's your wife's name? Kimmy. And then you have three great kids. Uh, you have a son who's 18. He's in college. So walk through the ages and their names real quick. I'll let you do that. Okay. Uh, Benjamin is 18. Okay. Uh, he is down in uh, Florida right now, Pensacola Christian College, uh, taking his first year. Um, he's going into uh, the nursing program. Um, so he's enjoying that uh, down there. I've got uh, after him is Ava, who is uh, 16. Um, she's wonderful. Um, she's our only girl. Uh, so uh, we love her to death. Uh, she... Um, she babysits uh, around that for some people at church. Um, let's see what else about her. Uh, she loves anything music, anything missions. Um, she believes the Lord's calling her into missions. And so mm. uh, we're excited to see what the Lord does with her there. Yeah. Uh, then we have Oliver, who just turned 13. Uh, we're still, we're still uh, curious about him. We don't know what he's going to do. Um, right now, the only love in his life is cats. Uh, there, there he loves go. animals. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I don't know if, if you and I look back at 13, I I was, you know, even heading into college and wasn't sure what life would be like. In fact, sometimes I wonder, you know, what path am I on right now? But heck, he's only 13. He'll he'll figure it out. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for your sure. daughter, she's she's right in the middle of the two brothers, man. So She is. Is she, is she the boss, though? Does she? No, she's typically the meek and quiet spirit one. Um, so, yeah, she's... Uh, She's kind of the mediator. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's really neat. That's really sweet. Okay, so you're a preacher's kid. I am. Uh, your dad just retired from his head pastorate of 42 years. Uh, he he was at his last church for 27 years of those 43 years. What church is that, by the way? Uh, Mission Hill Baptist Church uh, was the church he um, retired from. And where's that at? That's in Missouri. Okay. Yeah. So it's not so local. Back in the Midwest. No, okay. not local at all. Gotcha. You are a Sunday school teacher for a college age class. Uh, been teaching this uh, age group for about ten years. You're a deacon at your church, and the career that pays the bills and the one you enjoy is fire and EMS. Uh, you're a firefighter, uh, medic for the uh, city of Salem. Been in the fire EMS service for twenty plus years, and have been with Salem for thirteen of those years. That's correct. Well, which house? Uh, which house you are you at? I'm right now stationed at uh, five, which is up off of Glen Creek. Okay. So yeah, in West Salem. Salem. Yep. So not too far from home. No, uh, it's only about a five minute drive for me, <laughs> so I can get there pretty quick. How easy is that? Oh, it's great. So you mentioned your dad is uh, doesn't live in Oregon. Did you grow up where, where your dad currently is? Uh, a little bit. Uh, we didn't move to Palmyra, Missouri until. Oh boy, I think I was 16, okay. 17 at the time. Uh, actually, I believe I was 17 at the time. Got yeah. it, got it. Well, hey, what we want to do is hear a little bit about who Brian is. Kind of where, where were you born? Um, how'd you get to Oregon? How'd you meet Kimmy? And then what led you into fire? And then 
really this whole is whole thing is how are you chasing Jesus and how's he winning in your life? That's really what I want to know and what the audience wants to hear as well is, you know, what are those challenges in life that make you pray more, spend more time in the word and just go down that road a little bit. But that'll be the last piece of what we talk about. Okay. Sound good? Sounds great. Um, let's see. I was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, my dad was going to Tennessee Temple. Uh, and shortly after I was born, he um, finished his uh, degree and became a uh, pastor shortly after, moved to Indiana. Uh, so mostly I grew up there in the Midwest areas, uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Missouri, um, Kentucky, um, been kind of through all those areas. Uh, when, Like I said, when I was about 17, dad moved to Palmyra, Missouri, and that's kind of where he's been since then. Um, Kind of growing up as a preacher's kid is a little different uh, than some other kids. You had a kind of a higher standard um, that had to be met as far as your conduct, what was expected of you. Um, I w- eyes are always on you. And I think that's just part of part of the nature with being a preacher's kid is those things just naturally happen. Um, it's unfortunate sometimes too, uh, that that happens, that, that, that pressure gets placed on those kids mm. just because they're just like any other kid. Yeah. Uh, they're going to make mistakes. I've made mistakes, lots of them. Um, most of mine though, I was a middle child. Uh, I am one of seven, uh, smack dab in the middle. Wow. I had, one of uh, seven. yeah, I have two older brothers and an older sister and then I have three younger sisters. So baby boy, middle child. Um, so I knew how to hide stuff. Uh, and so didn't really get caught too much by mom and dad, but, um, it's, it was tough. It was tough growing up, being a preacher's kid, uh, having those expectations, everybody, you know, expecting you to be the good kid. Um, so that was rough. Um, but just looking through it all, uh, how the Lord directed everything, each step, uh, it seemed like if I was going down a wrong road, uh, he would bring something in my way to turn me around, um, whether it was get caught doing something. Uh, I remember um, the, I, well, when I first went off to uh, into the workforce, basically, uh, work fast food, and you had all the peer pressure, kids saying things, using swear words, everything else, and you just wanted to fit in. Um, and so I wanted to fit in. So I started using those. And the first couple of times people were like, whoa, you're a preacher's kid. You, you just use those words. And it kind of hit a little hard, but not really. I just kind of blew it off. And then before you know it, I was just like the rest of them, um, saying whatever, uh, came to mind. And then it wasn't until I was probably 18. Uh, I remember I was out in the garage, uh, working on a, a motorcycle somebody gave me. And uh, I ended up hurting myself somehow. I don't remember what it was. A wrench came loose or something and whacked my hand. And I let one of those words fly. Um, and next thing I know, I turned around because I looked. I was at home. Mom and dad didn't know about it. I was able to hide it, like I said. Um, but I turned around and my little sister was standing right there. And that's what the Lord used to just sink uh, just drive a nail right into my heart. I'm like, Brian, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What kind of an example are you setting? Um, and so from that point on, uh, don't cuss, don't swear, uh, just because, you know, I'm, I'm to be, we're called to be Christians, to be Christ-like, little Christ. And uh, that's not anything that we need to associate with Christ. Uh, that's not him. Um, that's right. He was pure. He was holy. Uh, he is pure. He is holy. Uh, and so from that point on, um, the Lord kind of moved me in a different direction with with that type of stuff. I didn't worry about so much fitting in anymore. Um, it was just like, no, I need to do what what I'm supposed to do. Hmm. Uh, there's still some things I struggled with, obviously, as, as we all do. Um, but then uh, the Lord moved me down to Pensacola, Florida uh, to go to college. That's where I met my wife. Uh, the first time I went down to school, I was going to go into mechanical engineering and become the next Ford engineer. Uh, I wanted to uh, design the next car, the next Mustang. I love Mustangs. 
Don't have one, but I've always loved them. Got to get one of those, man. Yeah. Well, uh, kids came along. <laughs> other yeah, priorities life. come up. Yeah. Life. Exactly. And so um, that didn't work out. That's not the direction the Lord wanted me in. Um, and I found that out pretty quickly. Got into those classes, those college classes, like, whoa, this is really hard. Um, this is not, my brain doesn't wrap around this stuff. Uh, so he sent me home. Lord sent me home. Um, and on the way home, uh, I happened to come across a couple of accidents um, and just uh, car accidents. I didn't know what to do, um, but was just there. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I see the fire department roll up, the medics roll up. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Went home for the summer, um, worked construction for a while. And then the Lord's like, okay, you're going back to cool, back to school. So I had an older brother that was in nursing, I had an older sister that was nursing. Um, and so that's the direction I'm like, okay, the Lord's going to call me into medicine. Uh, so that's the direction I took, went back to school, uh, college down in Florida, got into the nursing program, uh, made it three years. The program I was in uh, was pretty, pretty strict. Um, they place a lot on academics, even though you do a lot of hands-on stuff. Um, but uh, I'm not a very academic person as far as book knowledge goes. I'm more hands-on. That's the way I learn. And uh, um, the Lord allowed me to fail. Uh, after you fail two classes, you get kicked out of the program. Uh, like I said, it was a pretty pretty tough one, uh, but it's a great program. Um but on the way home from that, after my third year, um, on the way home from that, came across some more accidents. And uh, when I did that, um, the Lord used those, see the fire department roll up. I'm like, oh, those guys look pretty cool. That looks like a lot of fun. Hmm. And that was something I, I always had in the back of my mind as far as EMS goes. I'm like, that's the, that's the direction I want to go. But I never really knew the route to take. Um, and so uh, I was able, I was like right there on scene, happened right in front of me. Uh, so I got out of the car, was trying to help do whatever I could. Paramedics rolled up. Uh, they had me do a few things with them, help them, hold the gurney, that type of stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. Mm. This is how I want to help people. The Lord's gave me a desire to help people uh, through medicine, and this is how I want to do it. A uh, year after that, uh, Kimmy was still in school. And, so you uh, met her? Met her down at college. What, what took you to Florida? What's in Florida that made you so go there? So Pensacola Christian College is down oh, there. Okay. Um, it's been in uh, existence for 50 years, I think it is this year. Okay. Um, my sister went down there. Uh, my older brother, One of my older brothers went to school down there. And so I was like, and I knew the nursing program was a really good program. Um I thought that's the direction the Lord wanted me to yeah. take. And so we tend to take the familiar path. I mean, that yes. seems like there's some familiarity there. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And just comfortability level. Com yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a story in and of itself how the Lord worked Kimmy and I's relationship. Um, and I'll get to that here in just a second. Um, but because I want, I want to, I want to get back onto what led me into the career path I'm in now. Uh, and it was those accidents that I came upon and realized the training that I had as a nurse didn't prepare me for this part of medicine. And this is what I always envisioned is that part of emergency medicine, yeah. um, getting onto the scene of these critical calls and so forth and helping, being able to make a difference. Uh, so that's, you know, the Lord just brought things into my path. I was not expecting it. Um, use those events to direct me. Hmm. Um, so after I got, uh, went home from school, I'm like, okay, what, Lord, what am I going to do? Uh, he got me into a paramedic program, EMS program. Um, and with that, uh, I went through, got my EMT basic because there's different levels. Uh, I got my EMT basic, uh, got my, uh, paramedic, went to work for a local fire department, uh, there in Iowa shortly after Kimmy and I got married. And um, just went to work. That's what I did. Um, kind of back up to where how Kimmy and I met, um, to tell you a little bit about that, how the Lord brought that together, was she was a nursing major. I was a nursing major. Uh, they only allowed 99 students 
in per year into the program. And so it was pretty, pretty tough to get in uh, to start with. When I got in, the same year Kimmy was there, uh, there was 99 students and only four of us were guys. So I'm like, this is pretty good odds. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, funny, man. And so, you know, the way I was raised was you have, you open the door up uh, for a lady that's coming through, and that's just the way I was I was brought up. Um, and so, going to classes, if you get there somewhat early, you're standing there for the next 15 minutes, holding the door for next 90 ladies that walks into the class. Okay, <laughs> into the class. Um, met Kimmy, um, asked her out on a couple dates. She refused, uh, and um, she, at the time, unbeknownst to me. Um, at the time was like telling her friends she wanted, she's like, oh, they were asking her, hey, why don't you go out with Brian? And then she's like, no, I don't like him. Um, he just, he looks too geeky. Because uh, <laughs> I, I did, I had these big old Coke bottle glasses on and yeah. uh, wore this backpack that had all my books in it. And uh, I probably did look like a, a, maybe a little bit of a nerd or geek. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but uh, she's like, no, he just looks weird. No, I don't want anything to do with him. Um, but, uh, the Lord started working on her heart and, uh, what, what happened was there's one time I asked her out on a date. She said no. Uh, and her friend went and talked to her and was like, Hey, you, you should really think about it. And, um, I was, uh, went to, um, being in the nursing major, uh, we would all a lot of times eat together, uh, at the cafeteria there at school. And, um, one of them asked me, I was like, why, why do you like Kimmy so much? I'm like, I, I can't tell you. I think she's a beautiful woman. Um, I just like her personality. I like everything about her. Um, and I said, you know, she doesn't have to like me. That's fine. Um, whatever I can do to make her happy, um, I'll do that. If it's finding her a guy, I'll be more than happy to find her another <laughs> guy. So somehow that got back to her. Huh. Um and she's like, who is this guy? This is what? nuts. No guy says that. Come yeah, on. No guy says that. Uh, so she called her mom and dad up and was like, mom, dad, I don't know what to do. And they're like, just pray about it. Yeah. Just what pray a concept, about it. Huh? And so she did. Uh, probably about halfway through the semester, we have this thing called Turkey Bowl, uh, which is a big soccer game. And so she was praying about it. And she said, Lord, if Brian is the guy you want me to date and marry, then have him ask me to the turkey bowl. Hmm. And I did. And she's like, oh boy. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> uh, and then from there, you know, the Lord just started changing her heart and she fell in love with me. Um, and we've been together ever since. 21 so, years of marriage. Yeah. Prayer is powerful. I, I think we overlook prayer. And I love that her parents had her default to prayer. Right. Don't make an emotional decision. If Brian looks like a geek, well, I don't, I don't, you don't seem like a geek to me, but <laughs> I didn't know what you looked like back then. But, uh, you know, God has plans and he's going to do whatever he's going to do. Yeah. Pray about it. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and a lot of times that's what we, that's a last resort. Um, we as humans, we're like, okay. And especially uh, us as men, we're like, we can, our personality is we can handle this. We're gonna, we got this. We got this. We can take care of it. Uh, and the Lord wants us to come to him first thing. You, we'll, we'll exhaust every resource most times before we go to him. Um, and he's like, no, come unto me, you little children. Um, he just wants us to come talk to him like a father does. Hmm. Wow. Okay, so you guys get married uh, and then you migrate out to Oregon. Oh, that's a story in and of itself, how the Lord brought that about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got married, uh, moved to Iowa. Uh, that's where I went to EMT and paramedic school is in Iowa. Uh, as soon as I finished paramedic school, uh, Kimmy is like, hey, let's go back back to Oregon. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go back to Oregon. So go back to Oregon. Were you here before? Uh, no. Uh, she wanted to go back to Oregon. Okay. She was... So where did she grow up? She at? grew up in Dallas, the big um, city. Of Dallas. Okay, yeah, uh, and Dallas, she went to Oregon, Pensacola. Yep. Oh wow! Okay. She had an older sister that went down there, um, and so yeah, you know, it was familiar, and so that's kind of where, where she go? went. Yeah. Hmm. So um, I'm like, no, we're we're not going to go. We're not going to go to to 
uh, Oregon. Yet unless here you the are. Lord, right. Unless, unless, unless the Lord, you know, wants us to. Um, but, you know, I really wasn't thinking about it. Um, but I'm like, hey, I'll go, I'll fly out there. I told her, I'm like, you know, God's called me to be the man of the home, to prov- the provider of the home. Um, and so I need to at least have a job. Um, so I flew out here, tested for a couple departments, was not successful. Um, and so that was kind of the end of it. Uh, we didn't really talk about it very much anymore. Um, she just kind of given up like, okay, that's just not where the Lord wants us. I'm going to follow my man. Um, it was, uh, probably the, I believe our fourth year in the marriage, we're on the way to church one day. Uh, no, actually, we're on our way home from church one day. And she's like, I really think we should move out to Oregon. I'm like, funny thing, the Lord's been laying that on my heart as well. Um, before I told her, you know, hey, I love the fire service. He's called me into the fire service. I'm not going to go out there unless he gives me a fire job. Um, this time, the Lord been working on me as like, no. I want you to go out. I want you to step out in faith. Just trust me. I'll take care of you. I'm like, all right, Lord, you give me any job. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's flipping burgers. You give me any job and we'll move out there. So she knows sooner gets home. She calls her mom and dad who lives out here. And uh, they're like, hey, we have uh, uh, this couple at our church that own a berry farm. Um, They could use a truck driver this summer. So she came back and told me, and I'm like, "Going to right, Oregon now." I'm going to we're going to Oregon. <laughs> what was the name of the berry farm? Uh, Hearst Berry Farm. Okay, yeah, awesome. Up there, where is it? North of Dallas, I believe, someplace. Okay. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, uh, flew out here, um, or drove out here, drove all our stuff out here, and uh, went to work for the berry farm. Did you have any kids at this point in time? We did. We had. Benjamin and Ava. Okay. Yeah, we so just had ahead. Ava. She was... So this was no small undertaking, was no, it? No, it like was no no small undertaking. Uh, it was a pretty big, pretty big deal. Um, but so we get out here and uh, within... So I start to work for Hurstberry Farm in July. And then I'm working on what we call reciprocity. It gets me permission to test or to work out here as a paramedic, my license and so forth. That hadn't come through by August, and Hirschberry was laying off their drivers. And so next thing you know, um, I'm like looking for, for a job. Um, we were looking for a church at the time as well. Uh, her parents or her grandparents uh, were missionaries. And so we were on our way to one of the churches that her, dad, her grandpa uh, helped in when they retired, came off the field and retired. And... Um, the Lord just caused a huge traffic jam uh, on the bridge. Hmm. And so uh, I'm like, for whatever reason, I still don't know to this day why we had a phone book in the car, but we did. I'm like, hey, grab that phone book, find a church for us to go attend to uh, tonight. We, we've got to go to church. We're not making it to your grandparents' church. we got to find a church, though. Uh, so she did. Uh, that's what led us to Bethel Baptist Church. Um, it's Like I said, it's just weird the way... Um, you know, the Lord brings you about, directs your path. Uh, she's like, there's a lady that goes to this church that if we go, she's not going to let us leave. She's going to make us stay. Mm. Uh, and sure enough, we go there, uh, met her old old boss. Um, and she's like, you got to come back. You got to come back here. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> and you've been um, going there ever and since. And we've been going there ever since. Yeah. Wow. Some, what? 17 years or so? Uh, no, I guess it's 14, 14 years now. Okay. Yeah, 2009. It's awesome. So. It's awesome. Okay. So you guys, uh, move out here. Talk to me. So how do you, how do you get back into firefighting? So, yeah. And so August, uh, Hurstberry thing ended when we went to Bethel. There's a, um, a family there that owned, uh, better built barns. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, I need, I need guys that can carry wood. I can carry wood. Um, he's like, we'll have somebody build. You just be his helper. I'm like, all right. So I went to work for him um, for a little while. That got us into, um, I believe it was November. And by this time, my reciprocity had come through. 
uh, Dallas Fire, I had uh, started volunteering with them. They had a gentleman that get that got injured on their medics, uh, and my reciprocity just came through, and um, they're like, hey, we can't give you benefits, but we can give you all his hours uh, while he's healing up. I'm like, sure, absolutely, I'll take him. Uh, so that was my next job uh, after Better Built Barns was um, being a medic on on Dallas in Dallas. I was testing a couple different departments, and then Salem uh, opened up, so I applied, um, and came out number one on their list. Mm. So and been there ever since. No kidding, that's awesome. Well, as you as you guys journey, you guys are raising kids now. Um, you're, you're busy. Are your kids in sports? And then how do you, how do you help? How, how do you lead them to Jesus? You know, how do you, how do you guys uh, parent? What's that look like as well? Well, my job is a lot different than most people's. Um, it causes me to uh, be away from the family quite a bit. Uh, and that's the reason why, you know, God has two, a man and a woman, um, to be helpers, to help me. Uh, that's why uh, God created Eve uh, in the beginning there in Genesis where he said, I'm going to create Adam a helpmeet. And so that's been Kimmy. She's been uh, my helpmeet. She's been um, uh, at home with the kids. That was mm -hmm. a decision. She's She's got her BSN in nursing. But once we started having kids, that was a conversation that we had was like, okay, what, what do we want this to look like? Yeah. We knew it was going to be sacrifice uh, when she would quit work. Um, but she's like, you know, the Lord's called me to be a mother. Um, and so I'm going to be a mother to these kids. And so um, she quit work and she's been a stay-at-home mom ever since. And that's allowed us um, to be able to um, put so much more into our kids. Mm -hmm. uh, not all families can, um, but... You know, it, it, like I said, it was a huge sacrifice. There's things we have to do without, um, obviously, because you don't make as much money. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's okay. It's worth uh, it. It's worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, are your kids involved in sports? So Benjamin was. Uh, he loved to do running. Okay. Um, so that was a lot of fun uh, is going to all the different track meets. Uh, I didn't get to go to a, a ton of them just because of work schedule. It seemed to always, whenever his track meets were, I was on shift. Mm. Um, but Kimmy and um, the other kids, Ava and Oliver, were able to go to, I'd probably say, 95% of his his track meets. Yeah. Uh, and they were his biggest fans. Uh, those Ava and Oliver, they were they would cheer him on and cheer him <laughs> on. Because she would always be sending me videos and so forth and FaceTime me while he's at his meets and running and stuff. And you could hear those two in the background just, go, Ben, go, Ben. Um, they were his biggest, huh. they are his biggest fan. That's sweet. Um, the other two, uh, not so much. They don't uh, really, we tried to get Oliver into sports, Ava into sports, um, but uh, they just don't have a desire for it, which yeah. is completely fine totally. to each his own. Uh, Ava, she's really... Uh, taken a liking to uh, instrument. Yeah. So she plays three different instruments now. She plays piano. She plays the violin. That's the one she's uh, working on most now is the violin. She plays the flute. Um, so, yeah, she's uh, involved in a, an orchestra. Uh, we homeschool our kids. Yeah. Uh, and so um, there's a homeschool group here in Salem that uh, she is, participates in, in the choir and then the orchestra. Uh, with that homeschool group, yeah, so yeah. and then Oliver, he also participates in the the choir. Well, it sounds like you got involved in whether it's sports or music. I think, you know, my wife and I. My wife was a stay at home mom as well, and she wanted the girls. We have two daughters. Wanted them to be in music. Well, I wanted them to be in sports, so they did both. Yeah. And so, but you know, again, I think to your point, you can't force a kid to do what they don't want to do if they're not wired that way. But let them do what it is they're wired to do, and. If music, I think mu music is one of the greatest gifts. Absolutely. And I wish, you know, I, I didn't grow up with music. I don't know about you. Did you? No, I didn't. And that's one of the my biggest regrets. I remember mom and dad coming to me as a child and saying, hey, uh, 
we can, we'll be happy to put you in piano um, practice and so forth and give you piano lessons. And I'm like, nah, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's not cool. Uh, yeah, that's not cool. Uh, and when I got to college, um, I realized that's my biggest regret. Uh, and now all three of my kids play the piano. Mm. Uh, I remember when we first uh, got Benjamin started in piano, he really didn't want anything to do with it. It's like, no, I, I don't. I don't want to do piano. So we kind of backed off on it for a while. Um, we didn't push it. And then there was just something that clicked in him. Um, he started developing a passion, a love for playing the piano. Mm. And now that's his, down at college, that's his stress relief. No he kidding. goes into the practice rooms and just plays the piano. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. But the thing, the, the wonderful thing is, is. Uh, this last year, uh, he was able to start playing for um, our services at church, uh, picking up the piano whenever we had a, uh, a pianist that was uh, out or something like that. Uh, he was able to step in and, and help out. And that's that's the whole point of, you know, teaching him a skill like that is to be able to be used totally, for God's glory. Totally. So. What, what a cool gift. That's pretty cool. Well, then you and Kimmy, uh, you guys – co-lead or co-teach the the college age group we do um kind of uh i i'm the one that is up there teaching the lessons and so forth um but whenever it is a one-on-one -on -one ministry or um or sometimes we split up the groups uh we'll have guys in one one class and girls and when it's more or less a personal mass mass uh matter when we need to talk about, uh, like here recently, we did a dating class. Yeah, uh, we're going to get into some specific things with guys, and we're going to get into some specific things totally. with ladies. Some and deeper, so we had some deeper questions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then also just with my work schedule, um, there's Sundays I have to miss. Every third Sunday, uh, I have to miss. And so there's another um, young uh, couple that uh, we co-teach with. So yeah. whenever I'm not there, he fills the pulpit, uh, and That's so then. Cool. Um, Kimmy and, and his wife, um, kind of help tag team with the ladies. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. How do you, uh, how do you serve your wife? I think this is a really important thing as you lead these young guys that will eventually find a girl and get married. You know, part of that's probably the message is, you know, talking about dating. Um, how do you, how do you teach them? And then how do you also live that out in your life? How do you, how do you show, love your wife. Cause you know, the Bible says husbands love your wives, wives respect your husbands. I think respecting guys, I think that's something we do naturally, but to love, I don't think that's a natural thing for a guy. We know that's one of the fruit of the uh, part of the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. But how do you do that? You know, Brian, you're a, you're a godly man, you know, been married for a long time. How do you show love to your wife? Um, what's that look like for you? And how do your kids see that? And how do you teach that to your college age group as well? That's something, one of the things, uh, every time we have a young couple get married, um, the one piece of advice I give uh, the groom is you treat her like she's your queen and she'll treat you like she, he's like you're her king. Mm. Um, and it's always that respect, that love, um, everything you can do for her. Um, to be gentle with her, to mm -hmm. love her, to find out what, um, read this book called uh, The Five Love Languages. Don't know if you've ever read it. That's this is where this is coming from. Oh, exactly. okay. How do you, how do you show what, what's your wife's love language? That's a good one. Yeah. My wife's love, and that's the thing. You've got to find out what your wife's love language is. Yeah. Every, every lady's different. Um, and so finding out what that love language is. And for Kimmy, it's time. Uh, she just loves quality time with you. Mm. Uh, and one of the things that she really absolutely above all things um, loves most is going on a walk. Mm. Um, just taking the time to go on a walk. Uh, more times than not, I, I'm not proud to say that, you know, I haven't gone as, on as many walks as I'd like to. Uh, as many walks as probably she would want to. Mm. Um, but it's just such... A sweetness when we can go on a walk mm. uh, and the funny thing is is we've gone on walks to where we hardly said anything to each other but her cup is full and running mm. over just spending that time with you just walking 
huh. side by side, hand in hand. Yeah. Is that a book you recommend uh, to other men, married men, these college age groups? I mean, because love languages aren't necessarily for married couples, they're for people. Right. So is this a book you ever... Uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend it for uh, especially a young man that's looking at getting married. Um, but someone in general, just like you said, um, everybody's got love languages. Yeah. Uh, and knowing how to tap into that resource, um, knowing what that looks like. I never even thought of it uh, until I read that book. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely highly recommend uh, reading that book. Yeah. I know as a guy, oftentimes probably not proud of this either is, you know, I have my own love language and my wife has hers. I'm trying to give my wife my love language, but what I need to recognize is she needs her own, she has her own love language. And, and so as humans, you know, I'm not saying she does this, but as a wife, she could also be loving me the way she likes to be loved, but that doesn't work. So really, you know, the whole idea of marriage is humility. Yeah. It's, because it's 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 not self-serving it's serving somebody else yeah what the way they need to be served and uh marriage is it's a great gift and we know that you know scripture talks about you know he who finds a good uh, finds a wife finds a treasure and well, marriage is tough Brian it's it doesn't it always feel like a treasure because it feels like it's hard work yes it, it is hard work but it's also worth it so yeah, I just think as you know, as men, we we need to encourage each other. You, you and I, and the rest of the guys that we know, you know, how are they loving their wives the way they want to be loved? Because, you know, we know that divorce is well, uh, somewhere between thirty and fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. That's on the first marriage, and then it gets worse from there. Right. And I see the Christian Christian community going through divorce too. So why is that? Well. This might lead into another question is, is it the time that we spend in prayer and, and in the word? Does that have an effect on the quality of the marriage? What would you say to that? I, I would say absolutely it does, 100%. Um, I look at this as a, like a pyramid. Uh, you have your wife on one side, you have you on the other side. You have God right in the middle. Hmm. Um, and as both of you draw closer to God, naturally you're going to draw closer to one another. Um, I've, I've heard it said marriage is a 50, 50, you know, you give 50%, I give 50% and you know, it makes out for a good marriage. What I would say is that's wrong. It's a hundred percent. No matter what she does, I give her a hundred percent of everything for me. I put her in a place where I treat her like she's really my queen, like I, she's the love of my life. Um, and sometimes um, it's hard. It's really hard. It's it's difficult. It's challenging. Um, but you've just got to power through it. Uh, and getting in your word and getting in the word, reading, um, praying together. Um, I'll admit it. We're not... Um, the greatest at having our devotions together, um, at coming together and praying. But the times that we do, uh, it just draws us so much closer with one another. Um, and I would, I would highly recommend uh, if, if a couple is struggling, hey, get in the Word, study it together. Hmm. See what God has for both of you together. Uh, we've started up this, this group chat um, with our family, with just, uh, our youngest one doesn't have a phone yet, but our older two does. Uh, we decided as, as a family that once the kids start moving about and have their license going out on their own, working, that type of thing, that we'll get them a phone that way we can keep in touch. So we started this group chat and, uh, in that group chat, we just, uh, a verse, a quote of the day, that we get from the scripture. Every time one of us get in the, the, the uh, devotions, something that morning, hmm. um, send that out to the rest of the group. And, and it's been such a blessing to see um, how the Lord has used that, uh, just to encourage myself, um, but also encourage my wife. Um, it's, been, it's been great. Hmm. 
that's a great thing. And I, I wonder how many families are actually doing what you just mentioned. I have a group uh, chat with my wife and daughters and it's usually cat videos or, you know, we definitely laugh a lot and there's some encouraging stuff. There's some a typical, you know, occasional Bible verses, but I think we could probably be a lot better and more intentional with scripture because, you know, scripture is the only thing that matters. Right. You know, the word of God is, is sharper than a double-edged sword and it's the only truth that moves the needle. So that's interesting. I think that might be an encouragement for me, my family, and probably all those who are listening right now as well. So, so you're as a firefighter, you know, how do you, how do you schedule time in the word? What's that look like for you? Do you have a morning routine? Um, that's something that's been challenging over the years is getting in a routine. I'm, I've never been a morning person. I wish I was, um, but I've never been a morning person. And so getting up before I, uh, actually head off to work and getting in scripture, uh, and having my devotions has been a real struggle. It's been a battle. Um, but once I get to work, uh, it comes and goes. There's some times where, uh, we don't have, uh, anything going on. And as soon as I get dressed, get the rig checked off, cause I got to make sure that stuff ready to go. Um, then I go to my office and, uh, I have a little devotional book that I pull out and sit down and, and have my devotions. Um, the days I don't get, I get in the word of some kind, whether it's just a one page on my devotional, whether it's setting down with my Bible and opening up and, and just being able to, um, meditate on God's word for however long, uh, I can see a big difference, um, throughout the day. It, mm. It's just, I can't really explain it other than the Lord's with you. Um, and, and I know he's with you each and every day, no matter what happens, whether I get in the word or not. But I know because of getting in his word, I've spent some time with him. Mm. And it's just like a relationship with your wife or with your kids. Um, you want to get to know how they're doing. You want to get to know what they're feeling, what they're thinking. Uh, I talk to them. I spend time with them. It's the same way with our Heavenly Father. Mm. He wants us to get in His Word, uh, get to know Him, get to spend time with Him. And when I do that, um, I'm not saying problems don't arise because they're still going to come. You're in life, man. Life still Exactly. Happens. But um, the strength that I have um, when when those difficult times come. Well, in the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, you know, Life isn't going great, but we can still have joy. Right. Even Paul talks about rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice not in what's going on in this world, but the fact that we have a heavenly father who loves us. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, and it's in my job, I have to deal with some difficult people here in the city. Even, um, you know, we've got um, a lot of the less fortunate individuals that, that are out on the streets and homeless and so forth. And, and they can get difficult to deal with. Hmm. Um, but the times that I get in the word, um, and when I go on those calls, the Lord, you know, brings it back to perspective. I love each and every one of these. Hmm. I created each and every one of these. Ah. I love them. I want them to be with me. And it, it causes me to have more patience, more love, um, in dealing with them. And so no matter what the situation is. Uh, no matter what you're struggling with, dealing with, anger issues, get in the Word, and the Lord will start convicting you yeah. of, um, you know, the, the way I look at it is, I didn't deserve any of this. I didn't deserve him. I didn't deserve my family. I didn't deserve any of it. Um, but he loved me so much that he sent his son for me. Mm. Um, the least I can do is be kind, be patient try to show some love towards others. Yeah. Compassion. This is huge. Uh, do you, uh, is there a, like a favorite Bible verse that you go to often that you think of, that you meditate on? Um, I wouldn't say there's a favorite Bible verse. And the reason why I say that is because, uh, like you mentioned earlier, I, I teach the Sunday school class, and it seems to be uh, it's always kind of changing. Uh, whatever I'm studying, that's the verse the Lord uses uh, for that time. The one right now and the one that's stuck with me probably the longest, um, well, I guess there is kind of there is kind of a verse that's 
stuck with me for a long time and I, I um, remembered in college. And it's, uh, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Mm. Um, you know, that verse is, doesn't matter what comes along, Lord's gonna give me the strength to get through it. Yeah. Uh, whether I have to go through that valley, he's going to be right there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I fall down, fail, he's gonna be right there to help pick me up. Um, so that verse has been been a great uh, comfort, but right now the one that I would say has probably um, been the biggest uh, verse is when Jesus, you know the the story when uh, Lazarus died. I read it this morning. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Okay. And um, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Man. Mary, yeah. Martha, and Lazarus, and Jesus comes back to to Mary and Martha, and Martha greets him, meets him, and says, "Lord, if you would have been here." My brother would not have died. And he goes through this uh, little ordeal. Martha, you know, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. Um, and she goes, yes, I know, I know. I know you can do this. And I know one day he's going to be uh, risen in, in the resurrection. Um, but he's like, Martha, do you really believe what I'm saying? Believest thou this? He just point blank. Do you believe I can raise Lazarus from the dead? And to me, that can be put in so many other different situations. Anytime something comes along, no matter what it is, do you believe that God is going to go through that with you? Hmm. Do you believe he's going to be there for you? If you're a Christian, he has promised to never leave us, to never forsake us, to always love us, to always be with us. And so that verse, just that that three three word Believest thou this mm. of our heavenly Father? That's fantastic. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here, Brian. Um, I know we could probably keep talking. Uh, one question I have for you, though, uh, a movie I love, and I'm not sure how you feel about the movie Fireproof. Oh yes, uh, it's literally one of my top five movies. I just I watch it probably once every couple years. I probably watched it a dozen times. Okay, you know the firefighter Kirk Cameron, and right? He's going through a really hard time with his wife and difficulty, and, and he goes on this journey of 40 days, right? And it's a phenomenal story, and I really love the pain that he goes through of God chipping away at the heart and humility. I'm also reading a book right now called "The Draw the Circle. It's 40 Days of Prayer, which is kind of funny. It kind of goes with this movie, Fireproof. But what's your thoughts on the movie Fireproof? Is it, I mean, I, I realize you're the firefighter. I'm not. I'm like, oh, you know, you probably go, yeah, not not even close. But well, it's still, is it a good movie to you? As, as with all movies, um, just like if you were to watch a movie that has to deal with real estate, uh, you're like, ah, I, <laughs> that's not really how that works. So the same way with us, uh, you know, with firemen. Uh, you watch a movie that has something to do with firefighting, you're like, ah, that's not really how that works. But um, I, I think it's a great movie. I think it was a really good movie. I, I enjoyed watching it with my wife um, and family. Uh, and just like you said, um, the way uh, he had to start chipping away at his own heart. Uh, he had some big obstacles to overcome. I, I believe if I remember correctly, um, he struggled with pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was something that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, that was something even myself, uh, I got into as a, a young man. Uh, and the Lord, that's part of the reason why um, he laid on my heart to work with college age young men yeah. uh, is because to help them um, through this young, impressionable time. Um, and so, um, you know, he starts chipping away at his heart. And, and at first, she was just giving him the cold shoulder. I mean, she, it didn't matter what he did. Um, she just would not give him the time of day. Uh, and that's the way it is sometimes. Just because we have good intents to do something, uh, we're doing what we're supposed to do doesn't mean that the person we're doing it to is going to receive it well and is going to change. Um, But you've got to do what you're supposed to do no matter what, Uh, whether they react appropriately or where they react inappropriately. You've still got to do what the Lord wants you to do. Uh, And that's the thing I really like about that movie that shows that. And over time, you know, she does fall back in love with him. Yeah. 
Now, I, I and you said it earlier too, the 50-50, it's not where, and I would agree a million percent where, you know, I, I've met with lots of guys and they're like, well, I've, buddy, I've come 50% and I think they need to come 50%. The reality is, no, we're 100%. I mean, imagine if Jesus said, hey, I'm at the 50-yard line, I need you to, to uh, come toward me. No, Jesus did the full, he went the full distance. Right. We, we couldn't have done anything. Yeah. And I think as a man, I think that's what we're called to do as well. So I concur with you. But it lines up well with the movie. You know, Kirk Cameron in the movie had to keep going. Right. And it's a beautiful movie, in my opinion. I I, I really like the movie. and It does touch on pornography and things that guys struggle with. Yeah. And, uh, but you can commit, you can change, you can make a difference. It is possible, but you get, you gotta, you have to work at it. Right. You have to spend time in, in the word and prayer and you have to be accountable. Right. So, well, Brian, Hey, I appreciate you, man. I really, I'm sorry that you didn't get much sleep last night and you yeah, it's all right. got 30 minutes of rest before we would talk this morning, but you're a, you're a good man. You love your wife and your kids. Um, that's huge. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being the word, be, you know, being accountable and keep being a leader for the rest of the guys to watch because we're watching. You know, you're, you say you're a Christian, right? Right. We're watching, yeah. you know, and we are held accountable. We are held to a higher standard and it's hard. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. Trust me, sometimes like, but I don't want to, Lord. That's too bad. Right. You got to step up and lead. So, well, hey. It's almost Christmas time, so Merry Christmas to you and your family. To you too. Uh, Lord bless you guys, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate getting together with you and hanging out and just hearing more of your story that I didn't know. So Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, you're welcome, man. Well, take care, and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Thank you all for taking the time each week to be encouraged, challenged, and loved. Remember what Jesus said? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. My hope and prayer is that you believe the words of Jesus. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much.